Welcome to Archery Talk 101 podcast, your guide to better archery skills. We'll bring you the latest tips, tricks, and expert advice, but that's not all. We'll also have interviews with top archers and industry professionals and reviews of the latest gear and equipment and much more. Hey, today on Archie Talk 101, we're going to have a, a special guest on with us. We're going to talk all kinds of fun stuff on archery. Hi, my name is Roy Canterbury. I'm going to be your host in Archie Talk 101, and we have Ben on the line with us. Uh, welcome to the show, Ben. Uh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. Uh, how about if you introduce yourselves, tell us something uh, about yourself. Okay. Well, my name is Ben Summers, and I am the vice president at Trueball and Excel Archery. Um, I actually have a brother and sister here who are also vice presidents, and then my dad is the president CEO. And uh, I've worked here since, gosh, I will be 47 tomorrow, and I've worked here since I was probably 10 years old. So oh. <laughs> it's been my whole life. Um, yeah, yeah, been a while. <laughs> Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, but I've uh, kind of like grown with the company. I, I started assembling things here and then kind of did marketing for a while. I did our first websites and did our uh, advertising. I've been in charge of assembly. Um, been, I guess, directly or indirectly in charge of uh, machining and production. Um and um, we have about 133 people who work here in Virginia in a factory. So we make everything here in the United States, um, design it, uh, build it, and machine it, uh, do pretty much everything right here in Virginia and, and Madison Heights, Virginia. So they're a great, great place to be and great place to, to live and um, a lot of good people that work here. So now, if I wanted to wanted to uh, get a hold of you uh, on your website where would they go to um it would be trueball.com that's t-r-u-b-a-l-l.com and uh so you can pretty much find uh we make release aids we make sites we make stabilizers we make scopes we make finger tabs uh and a couple accessories for just about everything else on the bow so it's kind of kind of cool we we do almost everything. I have an uncle that uh, owns QAD archery. Um, he makes rests and uh, uh, broadheads. So uh, between what my uncle makes about a mile from here and then what my dad and the rest of us make over here, we make everything except the bow, I would say. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that, that is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, I also... Um, I was on the ATA board. I don't know if you know much about the Archery Trade Association, the ATA. Um, yeah, I, uh, and, I do, but our audience may not. Yeah. Well, it's a collection of about, uh, it's between four and 600 manufacturers in archery and uh, the outdoors industry. And um, also a collection of about, I, I don't know, it, it's ranged from 600 to 1,200 archery dealers across the world. So um, it, it's been really cool, but I was on the board for that, uh, um, was the chairman of the board for four years, uh, all the way up until COVID hit and, um, have been in the speaker of the house's office in the U S Capitol building representing archery and, um, uh, done a lot of other things too, uh, to really promote the sport. So it's been, it's been a really 
cool life in the archery industry and still going really strong. So, um, but that, that's kind of my background. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. It, um, yeah. I know you've had, I, I've used some of your, your releases and, and stuff in the past and yeah, um, I have, I have your website up. So let's just take a look at it for those watching. You're going to be able to see the website, those listening. Um, well, you can go to the Archer Talk 101 Facebook group and watch the video or go out to my YouTube channel. And I'll leave links in the description on to get there. But uh, here's here's your page where it comes up and a couple of different uh, releases. Um, what what what's your most popular selling release? Um, probably that one right there, the HPC Flex, uh, is our prop most popular tournament style release. The one in the bottom there, um, and that one is a Rio okay. Wild signature series, and he has just been hired about two or three months ago to be the uh, compound bow um, uh, coach for the, the Korean national team so oh, cool. he's actually living in South Korea right now uh, so that, that's a really really cool thing um, so um, there there's a possibility from what I understand uh, the compound bows will be in the Olympics coming up and uh, oh, that'd be, good. be in LA um, so like the, the Koreans have hired him as uh I guess just kind of like pre uh, dating the I just I guess just to try to get their their people ready in case it does happen and yeah I kind of think you know if they're if they're making that huge step and then um, uh, India has actually hired a, an Italian guy named Sergio Pagni who has won Vegas uh, to coach their compound team I think that there's a really good chance that compound bows could be in the Olympics. Uh, and maybe they know something that I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know sometimes that a sport will show up as a um, exhibition sport first. Sure. You know, just to see the interest in it and and then go into a full-fledged, uh, um, you know, event. Yeah. Well, well, the week after next, I get to go to Berlin. And it's the World Championships in Germany there. And uh, I'm going to be able to... Um, uh like meet everybody from all over the world and it's the first olympic uh, qualifier so that'll be really cool and then two weeks after that i'll be in paris and uh it's the olympic test event right uh at the base of the eiffel tower right where it will be the olympics will be held a year later so oh <laughs> um, i've got a busy you're, august <laughs> yeah it sounds like it. you're going to be flying all over the world <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah, yeah these are, this is some of our uh, these are some of our high end signature series releases. The the Abyss Extension Flex and the Abyss Flex are Jesse Broadwater releases that he has uh, helped our designers actually come up with ideas for, and our designers have basically built a lot of what they envisioned. And then uh, the Goat, uh, the greatest of all time, and the HPC, which stands for Honey Badger Claw Flex. Um, those are uh, two really, really popular releases uh, by Rio Wild. Uh, like I say, who now is the coach for the South Korean team. So it's kind of a cool, cool thing. We have, I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg for what we do. But I oh, guess yeah. what, what's cool about our products is we go all over the world and all over the United States at ASA and IBO and uh, NFAA tournaments and um, we've done a couple of TAC events now, um, but um, we're just basically taking 
equipment that is the best of the best uh, and used by the top athletes in the world. And uh, also using a lot of that technology in our hunting products too. So um, you'll see us in every, if there's a good dealer out there, they're going to have a true ball release in their store and an Excel site in their store. Um, but um, like they, uh, we, we try to promote our dealer network and like, because they're the ones that we believe are the ones really building up our sport. Uh, the coaches at those stores um, and then the, the people who have uh, put a lot of effort out to actually have a, a store all over the country, all over the world. Uh, so we, we do our best to try to, to point people to buy things from their local dealers. And then secondarily, I mean, you've got Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's, and uh, places like that that uh, are very good places to find high-quality uh, hunting equipment, too. So um, then you'll have places like Lancaster Archery and other places like that that sell online if a dealer doesn't have it uh, and can't get it right away. So um, there's a lot of different places you can you can find our equipment all over the world. So that's yeah, cool. And, and I had my own shop for a while and, and how you work there is a little bit differently than when you're working at Bassboro and Cabela's. And I worked at both those places. And, you know, the advantage of a shop is you pretty much are sure that the person behind the counter knows what they're doing. Usually so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah usually. Not always. Yeah, not always, but, but, but for the most it, part. Generally, for the most part, you do. When you go into, you know, other like the Bass Pro, the Cabells, the Shields, the Dicks, all those other, um, you know, chain stars, uh, you may have somebody that knows what they're doing. You may not. Uh, yeah. You might get the guy that applied for the fishing department and they didn't have an opening. So, well, got one in archery. Well, I yeah. shot a bow as a kid once. Okay, exactly. you qualify. Um you know, to when I worked there, we had, you know, many years of experience working on on bows. So, um, and in, instructing and, and everything else. So we knew what we was doing when I worked at both those places. But, uh, you know, I think we're kind of the, not the norm. Yeah. You know, but you know, you, you don't know, and, and that's where you know the new person going in, they're just kind of, they're lost. You know, and that's where, you know, get with somebody. You know, find an archery club and go talk to them. You know, and and find out. You know, they're going to tell you which place to go, and who to talk to when you get there. Exactly. You know, like if I know they're going over to Bassboro over here, I was like, oh, okay, well, go talk to Steve. You know, going to Cabela's, like, I'll meet you there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because all of a sudden, what's going on, and not there anymore. So, um, you know, you kind of learn what's in your area and, and where to go to, and or send to the one and only pro shop that's in the area. But um, so, what's your most popular? hunting release um well for the most popular one we have is called the bandit and if uh it's a wrist strap release um and it's mainly because of the price tag and if you go into a store uh, like anywhere um you'll probably find the bandit release in that store like if, if if any release so it's probably down if you scroll down a little bit more it, like right there the, the bandit right there bandit okay. right there and then the shooter right next to it is very similar to it but um it's just your bare minimum uh release that will work for any kind of hunting situation and uh it, it has adjustable draw length that's fairly easy to adjust um but the the cool part about our uh our wrist strap releases is that 
when you pull the trigger, it opens the jaw and then you just loosen, let up and it will close around the D loop. Uh, and then you can draw back and then just pull that trigger and it's a really, really uh, crisp, clean trigger. Um, but the ball part, uh, we, we had a, a ball that would attach to the bowstring, uh, but we also have a, a chrome plated steel ball bearing inside of the head there. Uh, so that's where the the word true ball, those two things, two reasons are why it's called true ball releases. So it's kind of cool if you could see inside. I wish you could open it up and <laughs> see that ball. <laughs> yeah, to see it, what, you know, why they're that way. But yeah. Now, now for the beginner, that's good for beginners because they don't want to spend a lot of money. But sure, you know, me as somebody that's been shooting for a while and. Um, you know, I shoot back tension release. I'm used to triggers that don't move when they go yeah. off because I'm actually pulling the trigger. You know, I'm using my back muscles to to fire it like, you know, most of your top shooters are doing. Uh, yeah. Which one would you recommend for somebody that's in a situation where they, they want a high-end release, but they still want a wrist strap that's going to be easy to use and, and reliable and um, not have a lot of trigger pull movement in yeah. when you pull it? Well, uh, you have, if uh, if you scroll down a little bit right there, there's the short and sweet hybrid um, and the beast hybrid that are really, really great triggers. Uh, that was actually, the short and sweet was actually used by uh, Deep Martrillis to win Las Vegas. Uh, it's one of the very few wrist strap releases that's ever been used to win that tournament. Most of the time they're high-end handle releases, but that one's a really, really crisp trigger and really light. Uh, if you like that, it can be switched uh, so that the trigger faces slightly forward like you're seeing or hooked back or uh, there's another one that it can actually go forward a little bit. Um, but the, the other nice part about that is if you notice where the hook is in relation to the trigger, it's right in line. So right. um, you're like getting the maximum amount of draw length that you can get out of that uh, trigger and the hook. Um, and it's extremely easy if you're out in a hunting situation, very easy to load that with no, no noise whatsoever. Um, and it works extremely well. So, um, that's a really, really good option. If you're in a tournament situation, like you won't typically see the short and sweet out on a, like anywhere in a tournament situation, unless somebody's a beginner, um, you'll see some of the other ones. If you go back, uh, um, to a, a different, like, uh, and you'll see people using the execution GS there, uh, the nice. center line and the extension RT. Um, those are the three most popular ones uh, if people are using a wrist strap in a tournament situation. And uh, the execution GS, that one's more of a, just a high end. Um, you'll notice the difference between uh, some of the more low-end uh, triggers, and then uh, this one, which has flip sears on the inside of it, it doesn't load up with a lot of the poundage um, that some of the other releases out there could, um, and just a really, really high-end trigger. Um, the center line is another one that it's, it looks kind of unusually shaped, but it feels extremely good in your hand, um, and you can see it's got... Uh, the little uh, jaw there that it, you can only see two of the hooks on that picture, but there's another one yeah. inside. It's a, a tri-star hook system is what we call it. Um, but oh, yeah. it just basically uh, rotates to the next hook 
Um, and it's really, really quick, quiet, and easy. So if you're using it for hunting or using it for um, uh, tournaments, it's it's going to work really, really well. Um, and then the other one that is up there, uh, it's a completely different concept altogether. That extension RT, um, that one is uh, what they call a pull-through release. Um, and it basically has that same kind of hook system that you just saw. Um, but uh, what you do is you actually draw it back with the, the trigger actually uh, pulled, where that gray thumb piece on the side pulled. Uh, and you hold that down and then you okay. get all the way back and then you let up on it and then pull uh, harder into it, into the valley, into the uh, wall of your uh, bow. And uh, that pressure uh, pulls through and that's what the pressure is what actually activates the, the, the trigger, the hook there. So it has really no trigger per se that you're pulling. But it's teaching you back tension, basically how to yeah. like basically pull through that uh, that that release instead of uh, jerking with one little finger and uh, having a uh, kind of a snatch of a situation there. So, so this trigger doesn't actually fire it then. It doesn't. No. Oh. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Here's some some of the descriptions of it. Yeah, because you know that's what you should be doing, is, and you get back to full draw, and then and then you release it. That's kind of like a safety or something, isn't it? Then exactly where, where it keeps it, and then and then it knows how much pressure's on it. When you get more pressure, that's when it goes off, right? Is that how that works? Exactly, and it's adjustable okay. too, so you can so have it pressure really quickly. You can also adjust it so that when you immediately let up on the trigger, it uh, relaxes, uh, like it actually fires immediately. That's called relaxed tension, but um that's a little bit more advanced <laughs> yeah I, I think i still like a little bit of pull through so as some of these releases don't go off on you because you get there yeah. and you're settling in and and in part of your, you're let go of it and you're not really ready and then you pull through and yeah, yeah i, I kind of like i think i'd have to have a little bit of a delay <laughs> i hear you it, it's like my handheld i have a um, carter chocolate addiction it's the one i mainly use and i have the hardest okay. trigger again in it and you can't feel that trigger moving at all. And then I forget which one it was. It was a true ball one that I got in that was, you know, instead of being $150 at the time, it was like 60 bucks. Okay. And, and I got it from the rep and it's like, oh, that's that's pretty good. It's not too bad, but I feel the trigger movement just slightly. <laughs> but that's difference when you get, I can get two of those for one of the other ones. Oh, wow. You, you yeah. Know? So, yeah it gets you into it you have a little bit of trigger movement because i'm sensitive to the trigger movement because i now i stop thinking about my aiming and right. on my wrist strap um i have the hook on mine which nice i like about the hook because i don't have to look at it to hook it, the release up i just find the loop i know where it's at i hook it up and go i don't have to look for it exactly the jaws i thought it's like a, you got to open them up trying to find them and you know starting out yeah that's fine uh, but once you get going a little bit more, you're going to want something a little more advanced to advance your shooting. But, you know, beginners, last time they can't tell the difference. Yeah. You, you know, if you got one with movement or one without movement and, you know, I, I like to do, you know, with when I had my store, if they, they wasn't sure, you know, we need a stabilizer to help the balance and a few other things. And 
I'd put on the cheapest one I had, you know, the $10, $20 stabilizer. And then I'd take it off, put the high dollar one on, you know, maybe a 60 or $80 one. And can tell yeah. the difference. Nope, buy the cheap one. You're not ready <laughs> yeah. for the expensive one. Because yeah. why spend the money? And, yeah. it, you know, that's where, you know, there's the whole line here of, of releases that you can go in for the beginner. Um, what I used to do in, when I, I back when I was selling the Nova Bows, you know, there you had three different sizes, right and left-handed. And you could buy them at Walmart. Everybody sold those bows. And to make mine different, not only I included, because they come with a sight, the rest, and a quiver. I included six arrows with tips, fletched however you want them fletched, you know, whatever veins, colors you wanted, and also put in, you know, like the low-end true ball. Like, I forget the name of that one. It was, it was, I think it was called a, a Patriot or something way back. Okay. Yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. And, and it was an inexpensive one. I was buying them uh, wholesale for 11 bucks on them for 20. And I included yeah. one of those with my bow. You know, and then I put, you know, little string dampeners on them. Uh, we used to call them poofa balls with take uh, okay. <laughs> the, the plastic skirt material you make for like bass jigs. Yeah. And we'd cut them and we'd tie them around there and it'd stretch and pull and make a little bitty ball uh, nice. on your string for a little damper. I remember those. And and we'd go through and we'd you know, set them all up, um, you know, so you, you've got to set them up. You got the bow set up correctly and also give them a shooting instruction with it. And they'll make a price compare. Yeah. The same bow. Yeah. And if you buy from somebody else, I'm going to charge you 40 bucks to set it up. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to charge you 100 bucks an hour for shooting instruction. So, right. yeah, I had one guy call me and say, you know, can I do it? Like, you can manage it, but if it's not right, you're going to pay me 40 bucks for that. Um, plus, you're going to have to pay me, you know, 100 bucks an hour for shooting instructions. Like, oh, I'll take it back and get buy it from you. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that extra thing. That's a service you get at, at a shop that you don't get from, uh, you know, just places you go in. It's like, I, I want that bow. Yeah, and and they go set it up, and it might be set up right, it might be not, you know. But yeah, there's, yeah, I, I wanted to kind of take a look at some of these because there's always a whole bunch of new stuff coming out. Yeah, and you know, while we had somebody on here that knows about the True Ball releases, and but yeah, that we've kind of gone over that. The beginner, beginner one, clear down here, the Bandit. Um, you know, these are all going to be. A bit lower, and this looks like it's fairly adjustable. This one's the most adjustable here. Yep. Uh, this one, if you go, you have to go so short, you'd have to cut that rubber down, wouldn't you? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'll never forget, like with, like, kind of tag teaming off of your story. I walked into a Walmart one night. It was the night before opening season, and I was trying to get some. Uh, the scent killing spray and uh, basically like walked in and saw people picking out arrows um, to match their bow. It, they, it was opening night. They didn't even know how to shoot their, their bow, uh, but <laughs> they were picking different uh, arrow spines and different, like just based on, Oh, this one looks pretty. And that one looks <laughs> cool. That one looks like it might kill something. And I'm like, holy crap like <laughs> you guys have no idea what you're doing so no. that's where i mean it, it really helps to go to a, a place where you have a knowledgeable uh, bow technician that knows how to set up a bow so. yeah that, that definitely it, it's well worth it even if you have to pay pay them to set up your bow you know a, a bow that's set up correctly is so much more fun to shoot yeah absolutely 
Yep. Yeah, it don't make you a better shot. It just, yeah, makes it easier for you to make a good shot. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you have good equipment, it's a whole lot easier than if you don't. And there are basic things that you need, but then there's a, a lot of, uh, I would call it bougie type of stuff that adds oh. on <laughs> extras. Well, and, and, and you don't need all the real fancy stuff, you know, starting out. Yeah. You know, if you know what your draw length is and you know what your dominant eye is, so you know, you get a right of that tended bow and yeah. you know what you can handle. Don't go out and get a 70 pound bow that only goes down to 60 when you're struggling to pull 50. Exactly. You, you know, that's that's the worst thing you do. And, and worst thing is I've seen some of these guys on TV shows that are pulling way too much weight and pulling wrong to start yeah. with. You, know, yeah. you see some of that they'll pull across their chest and then raise up. Well, start with you're using your arms to draw the bow, not your back, because you can't put your back in it when you draw it across your chest. And then yeah. all this extra movement. And I always told, you know, when I get somebody new, it's like, okay, if you can't shoot, if you can't draw like a deer is basically standard looking at you, if you can't slowly draw back, it's too much weight. Exactly. If you have to do all this sky you know, drawing, you know, yeah. drawing in the sky and pulling down. And, yeah. and then when you think about it, how strong is your arm pulling down? Yeah. As opposed to pulling up or pushing out or pushing in. Not very strong, but pushing straight out, you're real strong. So yeah. I always taught when you draw, push that arm out and pull the elbow back. You know, you're pushing the exactly. elbow back, pulling those back muscles together. And when that bow goes off, that hand should point straight to your target. Yep. You see a lot of people, they have their arm off in the front. You know, they think, okay, I have an open stance. You, yeah, right. So you don't hit your arm. Well, I don't shoot up. I shoot straight out. I don't hit my arm. Oh, yeah. I got the right grip. Yeah. You know, if you grip it like a baseball bat, you're going to hit that arm every time. Exactly. <laughs> you, you know, I, I, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. you get that arm turned out, you don't hit it. And, yeah. you know, the right, too long a draw, like you hit your arm. You know, and that's what somebody shows me where they hit the arm. It's like, well, either you're holding it really, really wrong or drawing's too long. Let's like your yeah. drawing's too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've set up hundreds of bows. Yeah. <laughs> if not more. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I've been I was actually trained by um uh the coaches at JMU, James Madison University, about two hours from here. Oh uh, yeah. And yeah, and I mean I talk with Olympic athletes every day, uh, and like people from all over the world, but but um but yeah, they taught me how to do it. I would say the right way, if that, there is a right way. I mean, there's a one thing they taught me was that like uh, everybody has a different way, and if you start saying that this way is wrong, uh, like you'll find somebody that's winning an Olympic gold medal with doing it that way. So um, like it, it just there's there's probably basics I would say that they they taught me that I really really appreciated. And then I ended up becoming the coach at Liberty University, like over here in Lynchburg and actually like was coaching against them. But we were, we've always just been really, really great friends. So, uh, and, and I would say pretty much everyone in archery that way and in, in at the collegiate level, the, the coaches are pretty good friends. So, yeah, well, it's, it's kind of a, a community and I, I've heard of archers telling us like they were struggling with something on the line while they're competing and the person they're competing with is helping them out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great sport when you think about that kind of that like something that you can say that about it. That's a big deal. Yeah. Well, you know, and in coaching, you know, 
I teach a specific way. Yeah. I teach this is how I teach you to do it. And I'm going to tell you why I'm teaching you how to do that. And then yeah. after I do that, okay, we're going to modify it so it works better for you. Right. You know, this is the basics. And then if it's not working, you know, because I, I taught martial arts for many years and then nice. you know, and then I, you know, I learned back tension release and incorporated into the martial arts. And so a lot yeah. of the things I teach is based on a lot of uh martial arts background. Nice, you know, and you know, like the, the first thing I'll tell them is like, but for gripping the bow, actually, you don't grip the bow, but your hand placement on there. I'll ask them, you have any martial arts training? And if they say yes, okay, heel palm strike. That's your pressure point. And if they don't, then I got to explain what that is. Yeah. For those <laughs> listening and watching, a heel palm strike is, is hit in between, not the meaty part on the little finger side or the thumb side, because that'll actually turn your hand. It's right in the middle. And that's your pressure point in a push of the bow. Because if you don't, you're putting pressure on the side. And, and we use that in, in a lot of martial arts, that concept to lock your joints up and throw you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you put the pressure in, in the right spot, your hand's going to turn and lock up. Right. Well, you want to take all that out. So I, I added a lot of that in there, you know, you know, doing martial arts for over 20 years, you kind of learn some of these things and, right. and, and, you know, and stance and, you know, I teach pointing, lining the toes up with your target. Now when you're hunting, you ain't ever going to get in that position. No, but it's you, never it, a perfect It situation. just helps you in a target. But then, then if you want to try, okay, stand a weird stance, but you still got to point towards your target. And, no, exactly. Uh, a lot of things we used to do in, uh, when I was on the rifle team in, in high school is we would get our position, you know, like in shooting prone or standing or kneeling or whatever position was in. And and we'd close our eyes, breathe in, breathe out, open our eyes. If we're not on target, we'd adjust our body. Breathe in, breathe out. Until we can breathe in and breathe out and open our eyes and be on target, we didn't fire. No. So then you breathe in, breathe out, squeeze the trigger. And it's the same thing in archery. If you want to find out where your arrow is going to naturally go, draw back your eyes closed and then open them up and see where you're pointing. That's where you're going to hit. Maybe not where your target is. So now you're going to adjust, adjust your feet, adjust something. If your hand is off, I tell us like, if your hand isn't positioned right, let down. There's, you're, you're never going to get it positioned right at full draw. All right. Yeah. Let down. Now, some bows, I've had one bow that was like near impossible to let down because <laughs> the cams just all of a sudden just like, bam yeah <laughs> take I'm off not on you. Of that. <laughs> i uh, like, i don't like the bows that you know they don't have the deep valley in them like and you're literally like kind of re relaxed a little bit and they pull out of your hand <laughs> that drives me crazy yeah i like a little bit of a valley not a big one but i like yeah. a little bit of a valley in there and and yeah. you know fortunately the bows i have now are don't have those real hard cams in them. Yeah, exactly. My hunting bow is a 2001 PSE, and my nice. my target bow is a 2003 PSE. Oh, well, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a newer bear. Um, yeah. I forget which model it was. It's in the snow camel. When I worked at okay. Cabela's, this one they got in his return. And we nice. got returns. We could buy them for like a $900 bow. I think I paid $150 bucks or something like that for oh, it. Oh, wow. Uh, you know. Because it needed strings, because those were yeah. messed up. There was a bolt that was messed up on the string dampener, uh, so I yeah. had to do some repairs on it. And so I didn't repair it. I didn't set it up yet. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even tried to shoot it yet. 
You know, I mean, the, the, there's really a lot in what you just said, too, because I think a lot of people think that they have to go out and buy the newest bow and the newest equipment. And, you know, we we built our stuff here at Trueball and Excel to last as long as it possibly can. And it sounds like your PSE was built the same way. And right. uh, and and like, well, I don't know. I mean, there's like only so many things that can be different. And I, I like I don't I, I love it when like people don't have to like like go out and shame somebody oh you don't have the brand new bow for this year like oh you're not good enough and like when you can literally go to a store and literally like see okay well you know they've got a, a like a couple bows here that you know people are using that like you know it's still a great bow like several years later and they build them to make them last and make right. them nice and you know the crazy part about it is like uh, I've got a guy here that um, used to work in China um, and he would work at archery stores in China. And he tells me that they have a specific kind of Hoyt bow that uh, the people in China love. And uh, I think it's an ultra elite, um, but it's a really old, old bow. And if you have one of those, you can sell it for like eight or nine hundred dollars in China. Oh. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's crazy. But that's the one that they like. And but that, but the thing of it is is like if if you're uh, buying a bow that's a good brand, uh, it's gonna last and last and right um, as long as you, you take care of it, don't dry fire it, change the strings and you know when yeah. they need it and, and exactly. take care of it and yeah you know like yeah you know my my hunting bow is two thousand one, my my handheld release uh, the Carter yeah. is uh, two thousand two I think and yep. and the true ball I have is is right at that same time. Uh, yeah. My my Scott release I use for hunting as a backup because I use my my Carter because it locks onto the loop. Yeah. Um, I bought it used from a guy in the late nineties. Wow! So this release is thirty years old and I still use it. It's yeah. my cold weather <laughs> release or my backup because when I go That's hunting, awesome. I have I have my handheld, I have the backup handheld, and I have the the wrist strap. So it gets really cold. I go to the wrist strap. I've dropped my release out of the tree stand grab another one yeah <laughs> you know i carry two backups with me <laughs> oh yeah you know i mean the only problem we ever have uh is when people actually will draw uh particularly the handhelds and they'll let it go and uh it crashes into the bow and that that makes it fun but <laughs> but other than yeah. that i mean we like our our releases even in those situations uh, have, have been known to stand up sometimes and uh, I don't like that to happen because you never know what kind of like damage it's gone underneath, uh, yeah. under, like inside the release. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that that's about the main problem that we have with uh, our releases is people letting them go during the, the, the full draw during the draw process. So yeah, it makes it fun to see. <laughs> I, I know, you know, some of the, the warranties are pretty good on some of the releases. I haven't yeah. ever had used one for Drew Ball, but I, I did for my Carter. Um, yeah. Not the one I have now, the one I had before. Okay. Um, I don't use the knurled knob on it. Okay. Because I, I bury it into my hand, clear it up into the knuckle, because I don't want to have it out here. I don't want to, I'm not pulling the trigger. I just have it right here and go. Exactly. Now, if I if I tighten my fist up, I can force it to go off, but I just have it sitting back here and I dropped it one time. Yeah. Guess what it hit? The trigger. Oh, nice. Broke it. <laughs> Nice. So I called him up and I, I says, Hey, I dropped release, broke the trigger. 
And I said, well, send it back. So I paid like five bucks for shipping to ship it back to him. And I said, uh, now I don't use the neural knob on it. So don't bother putting one on. And it come back without the neural knob fixed. Didn't charge me nothing. Nice. You, you know, and you know, when you find a company that does that, you kind of stick with them. And um, yeah. I ended up losing that release. And that's when I had to buy my, my other release. But <laughs> <laughs> I had it in my pocket. And when I got out to clean the deer, I couldn't find it for nothing. And it was in my pocket when I started walking out. Oh so I, and I went back, I, oh, I couldn't find it. That's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, then the other, then the other one, um, I remember which one it was. I had it at the back of the truck and lost it. So I got a uh, metal detector and turn up is right there at the back of the, the truck where we had it. So I found it, you know, and then oh, I nice. ended up losing it later and never did find it then because wow. I had no clue where to even go look. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that hurts when you lose uh, uh, a release like that. And fortunately, I owned the store, so I only had to pay wholesale. I didn't have to pay retail. But yeah. still, <laughs> it still hurts when you're paying $100 to $150 wholesale. Yeah. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. And, and and now they're, I don't know what they're running now, the, the handhelds, uh, you know, at the higher end. Yeah, they could go $230 to $350. Uh, so they, and like we keep adding features and like we still sell those mid-range what what is mid-range today is what was really popular back in the olden days or right you know and so we still sell those at affordable prices but then people want more and more features and uh so like we'll, we'll make anything for you but like we gotta also pay our people to to work here so right <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're not doing it for free <laughs> exactly <laughs> well, who knows yeah that's yeah you, you can't do it for free you know yeah you, you got to get something for it you know if you're giving something free away to somebody it's because they're they're helping you sell it and you know, same thing when we had our our staff shooters yeah you know they, they were staff shooters because they go out and they're promoting the store and i had one one of my my shooters uh, he'd come back, you know, we did, you know, the regular tune on a boat and we had a super tune where we'd actually do the third axis and, and everything else and just make it down just, just perfect. Wow. And um, he saw a lot of those going like, hey, you need one of these. And uh, the, the weirdest one is the guy come in, paid for all this. And what's the first thing he does? He gets home, he starts making changes to it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, come on, you know, you the setup, perfect, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. Yeah, they just yeah. kind of, you know, the same thing when I learned back tension release. You know, we paid all this money to learn it, you know, right. back in, in 95. Uh, you know, it was like two, three hundred dollars for a three-day course. And that's just a couple hours, three nights. And, you know, they go through all this and then they learn it and go right back to what they're doing before. You like, gotta love it. <laughs> why, why why did you bother and and uh you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, I, when I first heard about back tension release, it's like, well, how do you know what you're going to hit? You know, I never understood it, you know, because I was just, you know, from firearm world, you, you pull the trigger when you're ready to fire. Right, right. You, you know, shooting on a round two, you, you get used to it. Now you're just using the tip of your finger. And, and but when, you know, once I learned it and figured out, well, it's where your fine motor skills are. And a firearm, you're not using them to, to aim. You're just sitting there. And your fine oh. motor skill is squeezing the trigger. Well, on a bow, oh. it's opposite. You need your fine motor skills to aim. Exactly. So you don't want to pull a trigger. And, yeah. and I've, I've done that. I've, 
found somebody as in um taking one of the classes and, and instructor i found it was a, a, it's an archer and i some gave you first lesson for free quit pulling the trigger or just asked me to use a restrap and he says yeah this is okay first lesson free quit pulling trigger he says what yeah you're <laughs> pulling trigger aren't you yeah <laughs> How did I know? The trigger, right? <laughs> <laughs> Quit pulling the trigger. You know, you can go and explain to him. You know, it's like, uh, you know, focus on something off at a distance. Concentrate on like if you breaks eye contact, you're gonna die. Yeah. And now, without thinking about your finger, make it move. They can't make it move. Or if they do, they say, "Yeah, they did." Okay, switch to the other hand. Wow. And then it's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and if, and if they don't get it then, it's like, okay, we're done. You can't yeah. help. I, I'll go on somebody yeah. that, that yeah. you know, is going to admit that there's it's, the things going on here. Yeah. And that's crazy. I mean, back to my coaching days, I remember there were some people that, I mean, there you just like you tell them and tell them and they don't do it. And then there's other people that will listen and take it to heart and actually make changes. And those are the people that get better. And if a lot of people that just put more and more time and more and more effort into it, like, I mean, they just, they do really well with it. And you really appreciate people who are coachable and people who are actually going to listen to what you have to say. So, yeah. And, you know, we, we don't know everything, you know, for everybody, but you know what, we've seen enough. That exactly. Probably pretty much figure out what your problem is. Yeah. Um, you know, especially if we can watch you and now with the phones, you know, the phones take such great pictures and you can, you can blow them up and slow motion them and all kinds of oh, stuff. Yeah. You know, back when I was first learning, you had VCRs, you know, your phones didn't have cameras. In them. <laughs> you know, if you had a phone, it was dial only. <laughs> No yeah. texting, just you can make a phone call. And yep. <laughs> now with the, the videos, it's just so much nicer. And, and you know, we could be having a coaching session right now. Yeah. You know, because I can I can see what you're doing and I can give you pointers on, on right on here. And I've done that with a, with a guy. And I took him from, oh, but he's in the Archer group. He's been in it for quite a while. He knows who he is, but I won't say his name. But he had... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Oh, wow. I was like, okay, put myself on a spot. Okay, uh, I'm not gonna write his name, but he had probably six inch group and uh, spent about 45 minutes on the phone with him on the uh, Zoom call with him. And then a couple weeks later, he sent me a picture, three arrows touching. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that That's what, you know, a half hour to an hour um, with, a, with a good coach can do for you. And yeah, I, I've done that many times. <laughs> I was trying to find a, I've got a, a little um, a note card, a business card here that doubled as a, um, uh, a uh, like a SD card reader. Um, and there's a, a, a dealer that I visited in the Netherlands and he had a computer, a, a camera up above you, a camera from the, the side and then a camera from almost like a 45 degree angle up front. And he would take video of you and then record it. And he could uh, literally like have you be uh, in this thing and he would be able to critique all the different angles that you were shooting. And I've seen that in various different places. I've seen it in Korea. I've seen it in um, uh, like Mel Nichols has it in Arizona. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it's just, it's really crazy. Like, like when you actually like start like like comparing what people are doing to what you're trying to coach them uh it's a it's a huge deal to be able to have that feedback. yeah 
and and you can get a lot of feedback from from that video and uh, i know even watching the video of me shooting it's like that ain't what I'm telling people to do. <laughs> Why are you doing that? <laughs> like, okay, this is this is terrible. What's going on? <laughs> you know, I was like, Easier okay, said than done, right? Let me go back. Okay, here's what I need to do. Watch my my video on how to do it. And then like, okay. Yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, and and sometimes, you know, I had one guy who's telling me that this this one guy, he was he has a weird position that he shoots out of. And it come about because they were just goofing around, see how kind of weird position they shoot. And he actually shot really great doing this weird position. Yeah. And it, that's the way he shoots now because yeah. it worked for it. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's just like, I'm going to teach you how I want you to do it. And then I'm going to modify it for you to work the way it works for you. Because, you know, how you do it is not exactly how I do it and how, well, yeah. the next person, not all of us can do it exactly the same. And you learn that, you know, not in just teaching archery, but, you know, in teaching martial arts, because, you know, you're teaching a technique, the technique is done this way, but yeah. we have to modify it because maybe you're not as strong, or maybe you're, you're shorter, or you're taller than the opponent, exactly. you got to do different things. And the same thing here, it's like, you've got it, it, it all, well, archery is a martial art. It is. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, and there's a lot of different stuff in here. And there's, some variety of, of styles in in archery you know i've interviewed a few people in here from different countries and, and their style is different than the way we do it exactly uh, their their rules and their tournaments are different than what we do uh yeah. someone score differently different right. ways of scoring and yeah. I, I always thought you know they they 3ds have the the hunter class yeah well the hunter class is just using hunting equipment exactly it should be a real hunting class yeah you're scored minus five eight and ten yeah foam is minus five it's not a five points because you just wounded the animal wounded yeah. animals minus five points and it then you have be. your eight and your ten and then if yeah. you don't want to do a 12 you know then you can do 12 rings but you know that's the way hunting classes should be that's, scored i think minus five life. eight and ten i agree with you because yeah. so it's like, well, I'll just, you know, shoot foam. And then I had one guy that's like, yeah, then uh, on, on some other tournaments that they scored a little differently. And he had purposely missed because missing was worth more than making a bad shot. Wow. <laughs> and, and so it's like, uh, okay, shoot. You know, because you get five points, it's, it's not bad. But you're, you're down, you know, five points. If you right. get a minus five, now you're down 15 from what you should have had. Yeah that's gonna that would change things up completely different exactly and, yeah i mean I, it would teach more ethical shots and like right people actually to try and like practice more so i agree with you yeah and you know you have different different shots different angles and it's like you know um if you say okay i don't think i can make this take a zero better than a minus five yeah you know so it's like okay i'm going to choose not to take the shot i'm going to take a zero yeah and and, and then you know it makes you think in, in real hunting situation you know right. not just the hunter class but this is a hunting class yeah you know and there and then they score differently it's like i think that'd be kind of fun to fun to shoot oh yeah yeah i mean seriously you know, like target where you uh, yeah there is no ethical shot and you, you just don't take it that's pretty interesting concept but 
Hey, what martial art did you teach? Uh, Hapkido. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm taking uh, Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu right now. So. Oh yeah, real real That's similar, fun. real similar type type arts where you have a lot of joint locks, arm bars, throws. Yeah. Uh, we also did the kicks and the punches. Everything Taekwondo did. And we had a lot of judo throws. Mix them all together and add joint locks, and that was Hapkido. That's awesome. Yeah, I love punching a heavy bag. It's one of my favorite things to do. You can get a lot of stress out that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of crazy. Yeah, you can, as long as you're punching it right and don't hurt your hand. And that's the truth. I have uh, broken the knuckle right here. Oh, yeah. With the glove on. So it's been fun. I've broken two ribs doing that. I love uh, jujitsu as well. So it's been crazy. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> Yeah, lot, lots of joint locks like the arm bars and, and you know, oh, yeah. you, you learn how to repair dislocated joints. You yeah. know, when you crank too hard <laughs> on them, you learn how to fix them. And um, that's one of the guys in there. He's like, okay, where he learned it from, uh, if I'm going to, his master said, if I'm going to teach how to hurt somebody, I'm going to teach, teach you how to heal them as well. Wow. So we did a lot of healing in there as well. You know, if you if you crank too much on one, we we knew how to you know work the joint, get back together. You know, if you jam awesome. your fingers. Uh, you know, you, you got to straighten them out right away. Otherwise, they end up being a permanent kink. And um, you know, so you, you learn to curl your fingers when you're sparring. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's cool. Need to go train with you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it's fun. I haven't done that in a while, but I know. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm old enough that I don't know if I really want to put my body through that kind of torture again. Yeah. <laughs> it was sure a lot of fun when I did it, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, you know, I, I haven't you know, gotten uh, smart enough, I guess, to stop because I was <laughs> doing it last night. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're not quite as old as I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm not far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How old do you say you was going to be? I'll be 47 tomorrow. Oh, oh, 47. Yeah. Oh, I, I've got almost 50% more. I'm oh, wow. <laughs> so that's cool. My son was born on my birthday, so he turns 18 tomorrow. So we're going to have oh. a couple hours here. But yeah, it's going to be fun. But, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that will be a lot of fun. You know, go celebrate. He turns 18 and on your birthday, yeah. you both have a a cool birthday and oh yeah yeah ever since he uh, he was born on my birthday I kind of like I, I don't know I really like grew up in a family where like we didn't really celebrate birthdays really hard but um but yeah once he started having birthdays I kind of like just kind of tag teamed with him and uh it's been pretty fun since I finally got a birthday party so <laughs> <laughs> Well, and now that he's getting older now, then you can start doing stuff that, you know, you, you can do as adults, you know, oh, just, yeah. just the two of you, because it's your birthday. You know, oh, give yeah. each other a birthday present of a, a cool hunt or something, you know? <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, I think we're, uh, I, I've got, it's called the Outlaw Olympics, because my son's got, he's got a mullet and the big truck and all of his friends have big trucks and mullets and stuff. So we're going out and we're going to throw a cornhole and uh like do all kinds of like ladder ball and all kinds uh all kinds of other games like that um and then i've got little gift cards to um like different places like advanced auto parts and, and taco bell and uh like <laughs> one of the sporting goods companies around here that will remain nameless because i 
don't want to promote one over the other but uh, <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah um yeah so it should be a lot of fun and then they're like oh it's right down by the river so we we could <laughs> we could go fishing afterwards I said, that's that sounds like fun so yeah yeah, yeah it does be, sound like a lot of fun yeah so it should be enjoyable i don't Who's like playing around with your head back there? <laughs> oh, that was my wife. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I, I have the background set up so you don't, you know, you don't see the anything. And she comes yeah. in all of a sudden, this hand will start showing up. And I saw that. I was like, wow. <laughs> she yeah. was like you. Or she something. had me something she bought from me at the store. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of kind of eerie sometimes all of a sudden a face will appear <laughs> up, you know up over here because she's standing behind me and and then it's, it's kind of it's kind of cool you know well do you tell people where you're located um i'm located in nebraska in oh, between nice. Omaha and lincoln okay awesome yeah i'm in virginia uh, a little town called lynchburg basically but it's actually like the most average city in the United States. Like oh yeah, average population, average income, average everything. So that's <laughs> yeah, it's not boring. It's a really good place to live, but um, we don't have a lot of crime and don't have a lot of really bad things. You know, we have a lot of good things that happen here too. So and I'm sure I've been out to Nebraska. And I haven't been to Lincoln per se, but like I've been close. It's a it's a great place too. Well, and if you're traveling through, you're going to go past Omaha and Lincoln. No, oh, yeah. they're right on right on 80 as you're going through. But and you're not too far from me because I'm not too far from from Lincoln and Omaha. Kind of nice. take Lincoln and Omaha, and I got about halfway between them, same distance to both of them. And, and those around here that know Fremont, which is you know another another town around here, I'm kind of right centered in the middle of it. Uh, nice. Little village, about 168 people. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, so cool. we. Uh, we have traffic jams all the time. We have two cars behind a combine. And we call that a traffic jam. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good place to me. <laughs> yeah, that's you don't have that too often. You and the combines are going between one field and next field, but you know that, that during harvest time, but yeah, you know, or, or planting season, but you know, everything's got their plants in now. But yeah, it's 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 kind of nice, you know we. There, there's not too far away, you know, you're out in the middle of nowhere. And um, in fact, we, it's not unusual for us to hear gunshot going off and they're just somebody, you know, target shooting. And, and, you know, my, my, my I don't have the thought, you know, like you would if I was in Omaha or like, or somebody here, gunshots going off. I was like, all right, who's shooting what, where that, what are they shooting at? <laughs> you know, my thoughts is, can I have your brass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I reload. Awesome. So it's like, Okay, don't leave your brass on the ground. I want it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know it's not 22s because you can tell the difference in there. It's like, hey, can I have it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so we, we kind of got into, uh, you know, your work, but uh, let, let's kind of see what you're doing for your shooting in archery. Yeah. You know, are, are you are you doing tournaments or hunting or? You know, I really, like, I live a crazy life, and I travel so much, and I really don't get a lot of chance to actually shoot. Um, when I was coaching it, like, I actually did get a little bit of chance to do that, but the crazy part is, um, when I'm traveling, um, 
it's it's just really difficult to maintain a like a consistent shooting schedule so um i i don't really get a chance to do a lot of it but and the crazy part is uh during hunting season is when all the big box stores want us to renew all the um contracts and travel to see them so it makes it kind of tough to get out there so uh like september is usually one of the worst travel months for me and then oh yeah yeah like november i'm in the netherlands december i'm going to uh england january is france and vegas and uh ata show and like february is all kinds of other tournaments so it's just if you knew like what my life is like that way it's just it's (laughs) it's it's really tough but yeah it is what it is well, and you get a chance to shoot once in a while and yeah, and still get in there. And I do have my bow if you want to see it here. Oh, yeah, well, I have plenty of them. Let me, let me, oh, it. yeah, I figured you it. probably did. This is kind of cool. Um, you even got oh, so I went with uh, I helped out the, the CEO of Hoyt with uh, something, and he so he just he sent me a new bow, and I told him I was like, man, you just sent me one last year. I don't need another one, but so yeah, this is the Stratus uh, from Hoyt, but you can tell uh, I've got like a silver knob here, got the blue, and then a red scope on the on the top there. Uh, now, but which I which model XL the, site is that you have on there? Um, the site is a uh, Achieve XP. Okay. So that's our tournament model. Um, and really, really, it's basically if anybody's shooting uh, one of our sites, it's typically like this specific achieve. We do have a shorter one this year that's like this one's three inches, but we have one and a half and two inches uh, for people who are shooting more fixed pin tournaments. But this one will work um, for anything like out as far as reading, even. So that's pretty cool that way. But um, but yeah, then we got 31 millimeter scope is what I'm using, which is one and three eighths of an inch. Uh, and then uh, 41 is our other option. So for like somebody who's wanting one and three quarters, but, and then I got, this is my stabilizer here that, that we make. Uh, it's, it's called the Acclaim. It's got uh, this piece, which uh, we actually licensed some technology from Matthews. Uh, with this rubber on the inside that's pressurized by uh, some screws on the outside and uh, that really works really well and then uh, this right here is what we call a cryptos pro it actually compresses rubber inside of that blue tube there but you can see i mean i've got the whole like american flag pattern design that (laughs) i'm going yeah your your sling is kind of cool yeah (laughs) Yeah, the sling actually a friend uh, named Ed Capshack actually made that for me. Uh, but uh, you can see it's got the got the got a stripe of red, stripe of white, several of them, then a, a blue field in there. So yeah, it yeah. kind of reminds you, you know, of a, of a flag and it and is. the bow being red helps out, you know. Exactly. And then I've got the the rest here I've got is uh one of the ones that are made by my uncle across the street here, or about a mile from here. But yeah. So it's kind of kind of crazy. That's my that's my tournament bow. I have hunting bows, and I do get out. I uh, I do go hunting, but not. I've got a couple really good deer, but I can probably show you um, a couple of them up there on the wall. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, I do, I do all kinds of stuff. I've done Ironman triathlon stuff, uh, like a 140 mile triathlon and two, uh, like two years of training and it took me like all 16 hours to finish it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do some yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't run anymore. It's too hard on my knees. <laughs> yeah. I can believe it. <laughs> my dad always told me that I needed to stop, but he's uh, he said that I wouldn't be able to walk for very much longer. But it was kind yeah, of yeah. Well, <laughs> you know when when you're an athlete and and you do you know I did competitive roller skating as well as martial arts and everything else and um, you know you kind of beat your body up and yeah and you know now I'm I'm kind of paying for it, but you know what I wish I'd have done more. <laughs> you know <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> oh yeah and i forgot i got uh, these arrows with the uh american flag blazer veins on them so oh yeah get, get the whole the whole american theme <laughs> heck yeah <clears throat> <laughs> so yeah that was fun yeah that that's been been real interesting uh uh, hearing all those stories and and find out more about the true ball products and excel products and we didn't yeah. really go too much into the the sites but you know, just releases but yeah you know, it, it's kind of nice that you know you're that and then your uncle has qad and you know those oh. you know anybody in archery knows qad and they have oh, yeah. some outstanding equipment and <laughs> yeah and, you know it's it, it's always nice to talk to these different people and and whatnot and so what would you tell somebody that's thinking about getting started in archery? What would, yeah. you, what would you tell them to do and how would you recommend them outfitting? You know, I used to get that question a lot from little kids uh, and I would always kind of point them to the Matthews Genesis or, you know, some of those uh, grow with you bows that are out there. There's the mm -hmm. Diamond Infinite Edge and I think Bear has one now and um but those are pretty decent places for kids to start but um i like i like i don't know i i would uh, today probably tell people that there's a couple really good brands like uh hoyt matthews pse um uh like and and several others uh that have like like low end to mid end mid range bows you know, I don't know what the price tag is today because inflation's hit. And so I haven't been able right. to see what they're doing, but, but I, it used to be about a 600 to $800 bow that would get you really, really well off. And, um, I, the last time I went down to the, the pro shop here about, uh, two months ago to look at bows, I was looking for a friend of mine. Uh, but, uh, they had one down there, forget the brand it was kind of a lower end brand but it looked like a really great bow and uh but they had a whole kit that they would uh, start you with with the site and release and the uh stabilizer and everything for a pretty good price and that's probably where i would start people um just doing something simple in that price range and go with a, a brand like you say like pse that you know, you've been shooting them since 2001 in the same bow. So it must be yeah. doing something right, you know. <laughs> I've shot Hoyt for a long time. And uh, Matthews has sent me a couple bows recently that I've really enjoyed. Uh, very, very good with vibration. Um, but 
Um, I don't know. There's some really, really good quality bows out there that, uh, and, and go to a pro shop cause they'll set you up the right way and they'll set it, set the bow up for you as opposed to if a lot of people will nowadays will buy stuff off Amazon or something like that. And it's just like, like a lot of times, like what I've seen, even it can be counterfeit. Uh, it could, it might not even be the real thing. So right. it's kind of crazy. I've been dealing with that lately. So just something, uh, it's crazy. But, and I, I seen one advertised on, I forget it where it was at now. And it's all oh, been shot a few times and I'm looking at this, knowing what I'm looking for. The string <laughs> is worn out. Yeah. So this is shot more than a few times because this string is worn out. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you didn't wax it, it still takes a few months of oh, serious yeah. shooting. <laughs> I was going to show you if I can find them. Yeah, they're right here. This is a... Uh... None of these that I'm about to show you are real true ball releases. Um, this, uh, even though it might look exactly like a true ball release. Yeah. You know, it has our logos on it, but that was one that was made in China. And uh, it's a absolute, what they call a counterfeit. There's another one, but like it's, it's in what looks like our packaging and everything. Right. It's just like one, but it's not the real thing. So there's it's there's a lot of them i have one two three four five six seven of them in this pouch from seven different sources from all over the all over the world so and we're trying to to stop it as much as we can but it's just a really really difficult losing battle we pay two thousand dollars to monitor it uh, uh per month um and then we're like only able to scratch the surface of what's out there so I like you got to be really, really careful with what you're getting online. Uh, yeah, it's getting crazy out there. <laughs> because if they fail, you know, things can happen that you don't want to happen. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anybody in the audience has ever had a, a release fail. I have. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, uh, a release back when I, I first started. I got this release and it seemed pretty nice. And I'm drawn back. And, and I'm about halfway back, and the head of the release broke. Oh. It went flying about 25, 30 yards down the range. And, of course, doing that, it sent the arrow up. I sent the arrow through the ductwork in, in the, uh, at the range. Yeah. And I go up, and I, I found it, and I pulled, we found the end of it, and I looked at it. And there's the part that it that screwed into, and then it narrowed down and got wider for the little knob on there. It was so thin on that aluminum that it was a weak point. Now I was wow. shooting 70 pounds, but it should have been handled 70 pounds. Yeah. And, and so machinist friend of mine made that new part a little bit more stout. Um, yeah. I don't, I have two of them, but you'd never guess what the brand name of what the release was. Oh yeah. I don't know. Fail safe. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> that was the name on the side of it. Fail safe. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a brand name, you know, so that's what that's can rough. happen. And, Fortunately, when it broke, my hand didn't come back and smack myself in the mouth. Oh, wow. Because when you're drawn back, what happens? You're drawn back to your anchor point, which is at your mouth. It could have come back and it could have hit. I could have hit my 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 face with it. Yeah. And, you know, that's why, you know, if it seems too cheap, you know, if you're 
if you're selling a release for 50 bucks and, and somebody saw it online for 20 bucks, unless you're selling it through eBay on an auction, uh, you're, it's, it's going to be a fake. Exactly. Because nobody's going to sell a $50 release for 20 bucks and saying it's brand new. Right. Exactly. Because that's below wholesale price. Exactly. You know, it, it, you know, $50 release, say, you know, wholesales 35. I'm just picking numbers. Don't know what they're yeah. And I might sell for 40 because I'm still making profit, but I'm not going to sell it for a loss. Right. Unless exactly. I'm trying to clearance things out. Yeah. You know, if I'm if I'm closing the store, then I'm going to sell it for whatever, just just to sell it. Right. And you know, so if it's too cheap, that's probably too cheap for a reason. Buyer beware. Yeah, exactly. That, that's right. You know, and, and spend the money and go to your local store or order yeah. from. You know, if you're the local store, you don't have one close by. You have to pretty much drive 100 miles or whatever. Yeah. Um, drive the 100 miles. Yeah. And go try them out because. The releases are completely different. Yeah, it's very. Those two releases thing. feel the same in your hand. Exactly. So you've got to try them out, and and yeah. a lot of your stars will have the, the like the firing line. We can actually draw them back and practice shooting them, and yeah. that's what you want to do. And you can't do that online. Exactly. You know, and and if you know what they are, you know, if you know what you're looking for, you're know, like I I have one release. I want the exact same release. I can just order, you know, from the store the exact same release. So I don't yeah. have to drive hundred miles. So I know what I want. But if, you, if I'm trying out new ones, you know, I've had some that, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't like the way this feels. Yeah. You know, it's just too much movement or it just, just feels weird in, in your hand. And you can't do that if you don't actually go there and try them. Exactly. And, and most of your stores are going to have some way to try them, either shooting a regular bow. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I tell people when I'm, when I was doing it and we'd get the bows, I'd have them pick out, you know, bow feel good in your hand and then go from there. And I'd crank the draw weight all the way down to the minimum draw weight for it and set it to the draw weight. Cause yeah. we're not trying to see how much we can pull. We're trying to see how much we like the bow. Exactly. And, and I even got down to, well, okay, here's this bow, close your eyes. I'm going to put it in your hand. We're going to hook you up and you're going to shoot it. Eyes closed the whole process. Yeah. Now, no, we're not too far away from the backstop, so we're not going to, we're out missing it. And I'm standing here so nobody can walk in front of them. And then, okay, take that bow, give them the next bow, shoot it. Which one do you like better and why? The why, I don't care what the why is. I just want them to tell what it is. Exactly. And you're going to feel a difference with your eyes closed that you will not feel with your eyes open. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and even now, you know, as much experience you have and I have in shooting bows, we can feel that difference because we just quit aiming. We just kind of go through and let our mind just kind of, um, our focus just kind of blur and we're not really focusing on anything because we're just feeling how the bow feels. Um, you know, we, we do that, but still much easier. Just close your eyes and see how it feels. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's one of the things that, you know, you got to shoot them and try them. Yeah. That's the yeah. truth. I had uh, way, way back, probably 20 years ago now when PSE bought Browning archery. Yeah. You know, the arch the archery part of it. Yep. They come out with a bow that had counter rotating cams. Oh wow. Yeah. The the top cam one rotated clockwise on kind of the rotated opposite directions. Wow. And I says, oh now this is kind of cool. You, yeah. you know, no big deal making strings because I yeah, I, I make strings. So um 
was like, I wanted, so I set it up, did not like the way it felt when I was shooting it. So I'm trying to try, nope, not, not the bow for me because I just can't make it feel right for me. And, right. and I wanted to shoot it. And I was like, yeah. I wanted, I, cause I was so cool. It was different. I wanted to exactly. shoot it. It yeah. just would not work. And you won't know that if you don't go try them and shoot them. That's the truth. And, you know, like you go into, um, you know, and I don't know, Walmart even sells any bows anymore around here, but uh, when they yeah. sold them, you can't try them. Yeah. You just go grab the bow. It's like, I want this one. Then you go to the pro shop and find out it's not even the right uh, handed bow for you. It's the yeah, wrong yeah, hand. Exactly. And now then you got to take it back or the draw weight's wrong. Uh, yeah. Or you, or you bought way underspined arrows, which yeah. means they're going to break on you. And yeah. a broken arrow means an arrow shaft through your arm or hand. <laughs> yeah, that's not anything anybody wants. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure glad we got away from the overdraws on bows. Yeah. You you, you may or may not remember when they had overdraws on them. I do remember them. Yeah, I, I had several overdraws. That, that, that arrow is back behind your hand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you, it's back by your wrist. And um, I actually seen a guy when I was at Bass Pro, I think it was, come in and he was talking about, you know, when they had the overdraws, he has a scar in between his index finger and his thumb, a three-sided scar. Oh my gosh. The arrow fell off the rest. He did not know it until after he pulled the trigger. Ouch. Oh my Shot god. Shot it through his hand. Wow. That's so, rough. Yeah, that's why when I set up an arrow, I want it long enough at full draw that that tip is in front of your hand. So if it falls exactly. off, it's over on your arm. Yeah. And, and not going to go through your hand and just safety. And then you got your broadhead. If it's too short, you can get your finger. You know, I've seen people with that finger up, sticking up there pretty high. And with a broadhead, you're going to slice your finger. Yeah. Not, you know, safety. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sa safety number one. And just keep, you know, keep that in mind. And you have a weapon that can hurt you as well as it does at the other end. Exactly. J just ask the person that stands behind somebody pulling arrows out of a target. <laughs> Get smacked with that knock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, they say that's, that's the worst injury that most people like. If you're going to have an archery injury, that's the one is just pulling the arrow into your thigh or pulling them into your like leg or like like eye if you're not doing it the right way. But that's why I always stand beside it. Yeah, yeah I want like to use a table saw. Soon. Stand behind. Don't dance. Stand behind it. Stand beside it because yeah, sooner or later that that's going to come back at you. Yeah, I, I got to run pretty soon. My like my son just like broke into my office here. Uh, oh, <laughs> set up for his birthday party, but we're doing the Outlaw Olympics, so I got my cowboy hat on and I got oh, cool. my boots and everything else. <laughs> so hey. should be pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's been great talking with you. Yeah, um, I'll leave a de description, um, uh, a link to the uh, Trueball website for anybody that okay. wants to go out there. Make it easy, just go out there. Um, yeah. You know, get if you want a good quality release. Yeah, you know, Trueball's got them. There's, you know, one one of the the names that I trust in in releases is is Trueball, and uh, you know, there's a few other high name ones, but oh yeah, you know, I would stay with the name brand, and you know, I, I look at it. If you got a thousand dollars, spend no more than half on your bow, and the other twenty five percent on arrows, and the other twenty five percent on a release. Spend the money on a release. Get the straightest arrows you can because straight arrows are tighter groups. Yep. <laughs> Spend the money on a release. And, yeah. and, and I I tell you that, you know, in guns with a scope, 
buy the most expensive gun. You spend as much on the scope as you did the gun. Yeah. And the same thing here, spend the money on release because you're going to be much happier than getting yellow and you buy it one time. And like I say, buy once, cry once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buy the cheap one, you're constantly buying new ones. It's like, how come I can't get a good group? It's like, because the trigger moves two inches before it goes off. <laughs> yeah. And you feel it moving and you, you, you quit aiming. Because yeah. after all, if you're thinking about the trigger, what are you not doing? You're not aiming. Yeah. If you're not aiming, what are you going to hit? Nothing. Don't know. <laughs> you're not aiming. You're just pointing. Yeah. yeah. But we've all done that. Shoot it exactly. in the air, forget to aim, just point and miss. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, yeah. Get get to your 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 party and sounds and, good. Uh, I know we'll we'll talk later and uh, uh, it's been really great talking with you and and uh, you too. Uh, I know we'll we, we've got a lot of good people in in the group that. Can help you out so um you just join the archer talk 101 group if you're not already a member and um you know we're here to help you you're not going to be sold anything just question ask it like i always say the dumb the only dumb question you have is the one you haven't asked yet because once you ask it it's not a dumb question Yep. <laughs> sometimes i might give you a dumb answer just because we're being <laughs> rats but, <laughs> but no we'll, we'll be serious give you serious answers and uh, you know, upload videos and we'll critique your videos. If problems with your bow setup, take some pictures, let us know. We'll help you out. That's awesome. So once again, my name is Roy Canterbury, and I've been your host today on Arch Talk 101.